Welcome to the Stonebridge Church Parenting Podcast, where we try to find meaning through the mess. The following audio is from our live parenting class held here at Stonebridge Church. Each episode will cover a specific topic related to parenting. From discipline to technology, we cover a wide range of important issues that parents need to have down. Now, here's parenting. Well, thank you, Josh. Thanks for the kind words. Uh, Not sure how deserve they are, but hey, um, our kids are growing up and things are happening. So, uh, Sean and Connie Wilkins, uh, as he mentioned, we do have two kids. Caleb's 23, getting married in two weeks, if they don't kill us all first. And then Michaela's uh, 19, she's a sophomore at A&M. Uh, we're all Aggies except for Connie, we still love her. Um, <clears throat> um, oh, two things, I can't hear and she can't talk. So we're a marriage made in heaven. I, she, Yesterday, she couldn't help me drive to College Station, so I don't know if that was a blessing or a curse, but we got there somehow. Um, well, speaking of driving, y'all all had to drive here today or rode with somebody who did. You have to have something to be able to drive, right? You have to have a license, and you have to go to a class when you're young to learn how to drive. You know, the thing that really struck Connie and I is we went to the hospital, we had a child, and they turned us loose with this thing with no license. There was absolutely no, you know, training manual, you, you know, Nothing. You're just like, here's this thing, take it home, and, you know, hope things come out. And uh, we recognized right away that we maybe didn't have all the tools we needed to uh, parent in the way we wanted to. And so, and our kids were pretty different. Um, we kind of got the tough one first. Uh, Caleb, he's a great kid uh, now and has always been a great kid, but he was biting in the hospital before we even took him home. Uh, and Caleb got kicked out of daycare at one year of age uh, for biting. Um, the worst thing was he would bite our friends whose son was in the same daycare and they wouldn't, they would just say he got bit and, and they would also say that Caleb bit and then they'd come up with, well, Ben got bit at school again later and we're like, no, I don't know what happened there. But anyway, so we recognized right away we needed some tools because uh, this child was challenging. He's strong-willed. Um, Michaela, on the other hand, is a little easier to parent. She was uh, much more sensitive. You could just kind of talk to her in a stern voice and she would immediately cry. I think we spanked the girl like twice in her whole life, uh, and that was more worse on us than her for sure, you know, just because it broke her heart. So they're just very different, and, and every child is different. And, um, and so um, we just, uh, obviously we were out of the room when they started uh, discussing what we would talk about, because uh, we got disciplined somehow. Um, maybe they knew we'd had to go through the ringer on it. So um, this kind of roadmap, you know, who we are, we just discussed that. We're going to define discipline, what it is. Uh, we'll let y'all help us with that. Sort of set the tone in your family. What, is, uh, what are the expectations in your family? And just some things to consider uh, about discipline. Uh, what are our goals? What are we trying to look for? And then kind of what's it look like going forward? You know, our kids are a little older than, I guess, most of yours at this point, we're thinking. Um, so what's that look like? So let's just kind of dive in. So we'll talk, we want to define discipline. I figure if we're talking about something, maybe we ought to define it, define discipline. So I thought we'd get your ideas. Uh, What comes to mind when you think of the word discipline? And this could be from like how your parents parented you uh, or you as parents, but what comes to mind when when the word discipline comes up? Boundaries. Boundaries, okay, good. Punishment. Punishment, very good. So we'll talk about that. Consequences. Consequences, good. Yeah, we like to use that word a little bit better than punishment, uh, honestly, because punishment, um, we'll talk about that a little bit as we go through, but punishment kind of has to do with the offended, you know, 
somebody gets, you know, uh, you, somebody, you steal something from somebody, well, your punishment is you've got to repay that, and then maybe you have to do jail time because you stole from the bank or whatever. That, that really is to get um, kind of exact revenge on the, whoever was offended. Whereas, uh, you know, kind of this idea of consequences or discipline really has to do with the, the person who's doing the offending. We, we care about them, so we don't want them to keep doing that. We'll talk about that as well. Any other ideas? Great. You guys, man, y'all are we're teaching to the choir here, I think. Um, well, so let's look at what Merriam-Webster says. She's, she, he, I don't know, probably a guy, um, had some ideas on this. And so control gained by enforcing obedience or order, um, orderly or prescribed conduct or pattern of behavior. Self-control, we're going to talk about that. That's an important one. Uh, you know, how we can get our children to have self-control. If we can teach that, that gets us a long way. And this is that thing we just talked about, kind of the idea of a punishment, where it's really more about retaliation, and it has to do with the person that was offended, whereas um, discipline and consequences and things like that really have more to do with the offender. And it's because we love our children that we're going to correct their behavior. Um, so we like to talk about discipline versus punishment, really. Uh, here's one we really like. Training that corrects molds perfects the mental faculties and moral character. Um, we'll talk about, we really want to reach the heart of our child. We don't want just to have outward obedience, you know, just these little, you know, soldiers that just obey and say, yes, ma'am, and yes, sir, but down in their heart, they're really wanting to kill you. Uh, so we want to get their heart. Uh, a rule or system of rules governing conduct and activity and instruction. And it said this was uh, an obsolete uh, term for discipline, but honestly, instruction, we feel like, is one of the more important things we're doing as parents in discipline. Um, we also think of the word disciple, right? You know, Christ uh, had his disciples and he was training them and teaching them and preparing them for ministry. Um, and that's kind of what we're doing. We're sort of preparing our kids to turn them loose into the world, hopefully for ministry. And that may not be, um, you know, what Josh does, you know, working at a church, but we're all in ministry, right? One way or another. Okay, so. All right, so we've kind of got a definition. Um, ooh, we're growing fast. Uh, you need to back up, I think. There we go. Uh, so uh, we've kind of got this definition that uh, we're trying to kind of reach their heart. We're going to catch up. Sorry about that. Let me see if there's some things here. Oh, um, yeah, so we talked about not wanting just people that just obeyed on the outside, but we really want to reach their heart. Proverbs 1.7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Uh, you know, the Bible is just chock full of these type of wisdom statements, and there's blessings that come when we uh, honor and obey, and there's curses when we don't. And then Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. And that's why we said we really want to reach our heart of our kids. If we can get their heart um, and have their heart love to do good and love what's right and love the Lord, uh, then, then we're way ahead of the game than just kind of obeying rules. So in your family, uh, we want to set the tone. What's that look like? What does obedience look like? What does discipline look like? Um, children do a lot better when they understand. Somebody mentioned boundaries, right? Do your kids do better if they have boundaries? Ours, ours certainly did. If they knew what the rules were, then they were better off than if we just sort of made stuff up if it was when. No, don't do that. You know? Well, they were frustrated. But if they knew what the rules were and had those boundaries and guidelines, uh, that really helped them. So we want to set the tone. Um, 
And so we want to set expectations. Um, first of all, you know, Becky talked about how um, the husband-wife relationship is so important and, and giving them that framework. Um, and we feel like children are truly a blessing from God and a gift from God, but we think that they should be a welcome addition to our family and not the center of our family. And I really think that's where a lot of families maybe get it wrong. You know, you get this new child and obviously your focus is on the child and that's important, right? And you got to raise them and you're trying to figure all these things out. But if at the end of the day, the husband-wife relationship isn't strong uh, and isn't really the core of the family, then uh, those children can tear at it. And boy, I'm telling you, children, you know, raising kids is hard work. I, I'm guessing you all know that because you're here, right? Um, you know, it, it's hard work. And um, so you really have to make sure that, that the husband-wife relationship is important. Um, and um, But as part of that, and I think Becky talked about this, we have to sort of model the behavior we want our children to live by, right? We can't expect them to... Um, to do as I say and not as I do. And I think maybe Becky said it, or maybe I heard it on the radio this week, but really um, morals and righteousness are caught. They're not taught, right? They're going to see what, how you behave and how you act. You know, you answer the, the kids answer the phone, and you say, tell them I'm not here. You know, well, then they learn that lying is okay. It's okay to say you're not here if you're not here. You know, um, so we have to model the behavior we want our kids to, to live by, and, and that's really important. Um, you know, uh, I should be saying this in a Baptist church, but before we had kids, you know, I drank. I didn't. I drank a lot in college before I met Connie. Kind of got that under control, thankfully. But, um, but you know, I would drink beer or whatever, and, and that was just something I did. But um, I sort of got convicted before we had children. I thought, you know, do I want my kids drinking? Is that, did that get me in trouble in college? It certainly did. I did things I wish I wouldn't. And I decided, you know what? I'm just not going to drink anymore. And I haven't touched alcohol since. And, you know, by no means was an alcoholic or anything, but even socially, because my parents drank, and so I learned that that was okay. And then I did some things I really wished I wouldn't have because of alcohol. And so we just decided in our family that's just not going to happen. Now, Connie tasted wine once, and that was it. You know, she's, she's never drank. But it just was something I did that I decided I didn't think that was good for my kids, so I wasn't going to do it. Um, you know, and just everything else, you know, careful with our language and, and all those things. We just wanted to model the behavior we wanted our kids to do. Um, down there below, oh, so, um, and what does the Lord require of you to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? That's from Micah 6, 8. We, that's up there because, you know, I told you kid, Caleb got kicked out of daycare. Well, by the time he was one, we were already wondering what in the world are we going to do with this boy? And so just a, a very strong-willed child, and, and we didn't really know what we were doing. So we took a course called Growing Kids God's Way. Uh, and a lot of what we're kind of giving you today came from that. Uh, we took it, and then we still had Caleb, so we taught it. And then we still had Caleb, so we taught it again. And, um, you know, just trying to learn how do you do this parenting thing. So we're by no means experts. We're just scared people and had to do something. Um, anyway, that's the, the verse that the, that ministry is based on. And it talks a lot about providing the biblical or moral reason why. You know, if you've got a rule, you know, is it a rule just because you don't want to bother mom and dad? Or is there a, reason, a valid reason for it? You know, it's not a great idea to run in church. Why? Well, you know, uh, because when you run in church, there might be an elderly person that you knock down. And that's not a good thing. So it's not, a, you know, kids are going to run, but there's a place to do that out on the sports field, not in the church. Uh, but you provide the moral reason why. Don't run in church isn't enough. You know, here, here's why you shouldn't run in church, because it's, it's disrespectful and, and you might knock somebody down or things like that. Um, and then Christian worldview. And this is kind of more as they get in junior high and high school. And our, we homeschooled our kids, and that's not for everybody, uh, certainly not for the faint at heart. 
Um, but we did, and one of the classes that they took was a, um, a class called Christian Worldview, and I loved it because what it did was it taught them to, they read literature, and I'm not talking just Christian literature, all kinds of literature, and they looked at history, and they looked at uh, government, um, all of that stuff through the lens of a Christian worldview. And that's so critical for our children to learn as they get older how to filter things through a Christian worldview. When you watch the news, you know, what does that really look like if you're thinking as a Christian should think, you know? And, and as they get older, that's really important because it helps form their decisions and, and understand why they think the way they think. Um, so that's something you can do kind of as they get a little bit older is try to help them look through that lens. All right, I think I got all that. So some tools to help this, uh, especially the, the husband-wife relationship stay important. Um, one is date night. You know, you still have to culture and foster your relationship with your wife. Date night is a great way to do that. You know, Connie and I found that difficult, you know, finding babysitters and we worked and we were busy and there was just so much going on. And then the kids got involved in activities and that made it even harder. Um, you know, so a lot of times Connie and I would find our date night was we'd watch, get somebody to watch a kid and we'd just go to Walmart. But, <laughs> but at least we were, had some time together, um, you know, spending time together. Cap oh, go ahead. I can't really talk, but <clears throat> one of the things that we learned is to make sure the kids know that you're spending time on that. So it's not enough to just go away. Right. But let the kids know why you're doing that. Celebrate that. Why yeah. you're going and taking time for yourself or time for your marriage. And let them understand that. Uh, and you, you find that then the kids start asking you, are you having date night or are you, you know. It's That's good. So couch time. Couch time seems kind of weird, uh, but this was a growing kids principle we learned. But the idea was Connie's, Connie stayed home after Michaela came, the second child. So she was stay home mom and then we ended up homeschooling and all that. So I'd come home from work, busy day at work. Of course, I'd greet the children and give them a hug and all those things. But then right after that, we would try to carve out just five minutes. And we called it couch time, and we would sit on the couch in front of the children, and they could play in that room, be in that room, but their, their deal was they needed to let mom and dad have some time together. Um, I'd catch up on the day. She'd find out about my day. I'd find out, oh, yeah, Caleb did this, uh, you know, whatever all. Um, and so that was just important for our kids to see that we valued our time together enough. And, you know, one of the most important things you can give your children is a stable, loving husband-wife relationship. That stability at home is critical. Connie came from a broke, broken home. Her parents divorced when she was in, in high school or um, junior high. And I saw the effects of that. I mean, we actually couldn't get engaged. I couldn't ask her to marry me until I knew she had those things dealt with because she is at a place where she couldn't trust a man. The, the man in her life had walked away from her family. And so we had to deal with that. We, you know, um, she had to read a book and had to meet with her, her dad and kind of reconcile those things. And we had to get past that. And so. A stable relationship at home is one of the most important things you can do. Some of you may be single parents, and if that's true, then you have to have that relationship with, you know, make sure your children, you still can have couch time, but it may be just a few minutes for you to spend time praying and talking to the Lord, because you have to have somebody to help you. And if you don't have a spouse there to help you, you always have God. Um, but they need to see that you've got, you know, uh, that relationship. Another tool we had was the family mission t statement, uh, and I'll get to that in just a second because it's another slide. Um, and then first-time obedience, and, and this one's pretty important. You know, teaching your kids that when you ask them to do something, you really want them to do it. And that means right then, means completely and without complaint. Now that sounds militaristic and legalistic, but honestly, if you'll just set that standard, when I, mom says come to dinner, then come to dinner. And we'll show you another tool that'll help that in a minute as well, but it doesn't mean I'm going to count to five. 
because if you count to five, your kids are just going to expect you to count to five. And only if the tone gets to the certain fever pitch that mom's about to throw her shoe, that's when they come. Really, it's no, when, when he say come, please come now. And, and you just teach that that's the expectation. And if that is the expectation, then you have to live, there, there will be consequences. If not, and you decide what those are. Our kids did not always do first. Oh, no, heck, heck no, no. Although that was our goal. They did not always do Yeah. Far from perfect, our children. It did, but if it depends on how well you how well you follow through on things when they're younger. It really does depend on how you set the stage. And Connie would find ourselves going through ebbs and flows. We we'd do pretty good with these time, you know, and we'd notice things getting a little out of control, and we're like, okay, what's going on? And then we realize, well, we haven't done couch time, and we'll talk about something in a minute that we kind of quit doing with our son, and some things like that. And so we had to kind of rein things in. And then they would go to the cousins and the grandparents, and then, oh gosh, they came back little demons, and we had to reset, you know, and we'd have to, okay, first time obedience really means this, and so we'd reset. And sometimes we'd do it in seasons or phases of their life, too. So, um, so yes, it gets harder as they get older, but it can, if you set the expectation and there's consequences if they don't, ex don't meet those, then, then it's easier. I think, too, if you, if you do it more when they're younger than when they get older, Sometimes it's verbal reminders of, hey, in this family, we did first time obedience. You just kind of have to bring them back sometimes to that. And not saying that's always easy because we had our challenges, especially with Caleb. He liked to push the limit. Always. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. So the third tool up there is a family mission statement. So if you'll change the slide. So <clears throat> uh, we mentioned that we are the Wilkins. And, uh, and so at some point we went to a parenting conference or something uh, and somebody talked about, well, companies have mission statements, maybe families should as well. And so we sat down and prayed about and thought about and wrote a family mission statement. And ours is this, the Wilkins family will live together in love and harmony, continually striving together to See each family member experience the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And by God's grace, all four of us are now saved. And uh, I'm here to tell you that if, if you don't do anything else as a parent, pray for your children daily. You can't make that decision for them. It has to be something they do. You know, hey, we're just going to all be Christians. That's great. But it, that's a heart decision. Uh, so all you can do is provide the tools and training and teach to it. And at some point, hopefully the Holy Spirit will guide them and they'll make that choice. And, and somehow, uh, through God's grace, that happened in our family. Pray daily for each other. This is critical. Pray for your children. Uh, tell them you're praying for them. Uh, tell them you're praying for specific things for them. If they're having a challenge with behavior or challenge with school or challenge with this, hey, I'm praying for these things for you. Um, on that one too, so he would pray. It became his, his thing to put them to bed at night. And so he would always go through with them and talk about what they're praying for and how can you pray for your brother, how can you pray for your sister. So praying for each other. It makes, I think it makes them have a little bit softer heart towards that sibling that they might often want to fight with. You know, it's just those, it's a lot of little things, I think, that help that. Yeah. Um, use, uh, use our gifts, talents, and resources to further the kingdom of our Lord and to show the love of God to those we encounter. So that's our family mission statement. And I guess one of the things that, you know, we said we are the Wilkins. And so sometimes it would be, you know, we're the Wilkins and we don't hit our sister. Uh, we don't lie. Uh, we're the Wilkins. We say that. Wilkins don't lie. Yeah. Okay, so you're in this family. Yeah, it was just kind of a slogan. We're the Wilkins and, uh, you know, we always are going to do... 
my kids kind of learned that we stayed late and did whatever had to clean it up at church or scouts or whatever. That's just what that's what the Wilkins do. Uh, and so that's kind of became our motto. You know, we are the Wilkins and we don't do this or we do do these things. Um, so that's just kind of something we tried to live by. Uh, kind of another part of that is that we, Connie and I, tried to always present a united front. Uh, I think this came out in one of the other classes, uh, but, you know, it was, um, they're sort of cardinal sins, and one of them is if you go to ask mom and she says no, and then you go ask dad, uh, that's bad news, really bad news. And our kids learn that pretty quickly. Uh, and so we would always, you know, if we found that out, it's like, well, that's, you know, that's a serious problem. They We're learn to fix. ask whatever it is they want. They know who might be oh, they Oh, absolutely. So they go there first. <laughs> they know who to ask what. There's no doubt about that. Okay, so we sort of set the tone. So there's some things we should consider as we start disciplining our children. Um, and um, so the first is kind of, is it childish behavior? And by that I mean, you know, they throw something in a house and they, it misses the target and it knocks over a vase and it breaks the vase. They didn't intend to break the vase. They didn't do it mean. They, it wasn't mean-spirited. They weren't having a tantrum. They just, or they just ran through the house and knocked over something and it broke or uh, they accidentally bumped into their sister and she screamed, he hit me. Well, he didn't mean to do it. It was just an accident. So that's childish behavior versus foolishness is uh, the way the Bible would talk about it, but foolish behavior is, is willful disobedience. So let's kind of discuss that. You guys, you're either parents or you have been a kid, one or the other. At least you've been a kid. So give me some examples of when you your kid or you did something that was just childish, childish behavior and let's hear the really juicy stuff. You know, give me an example of willful, willful disobedience that you're willing to admit at church. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, either, no, either way, either way. Oh, you want the juicy stuff on her? I was shocked because I thought she was perfect. So. <laughs> Oh. So, um, and I do, I do think that was probably more childish behavior than willful disobedience. Um, and then with my daughter, but he got in trouble the day before. Yes. For willful disobedience. Yeah. So he got his folder signed twice. Yeah, this week. Yeah. Back to back. Right. <laughs> right. But he's also the one that cries and knows he did wrong. Yeah. And it's, hard, it's harder on himself than we can actually be on mm -hmm. him. Um, but and so an, an example of willful disobedience is my daughter. Um, there was one time there was chocolate downstairs, and we found like I don't know twenty wrappers underneath her bed where she had been coming and stealing chocolate <laughs> and hiding. We've, we've got one of those. And so that's you know the willful disobedience. Yeah, she, like what she was doing wrong, and yeah. Yeah, absolutely good. And so is the any others? Let's get some other ideas first. Any other? Cool. consequence he had to put them back on eBay sell them and you know so it's like and he lives on 200 acres out in the country it's like yeah. where did this kid come up with all this yeah stuff? yeah you know? okay yeah. so clearly he was it was calculated decision I, yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely he advantage of his dad, being, his dad being exhausted he just came mm -hmm. in from overnight flight yeah, absolutely so. yeah. okay good 
Well, so does it matter whether it's childish uh, behavior or willful disobedience and how you handle that? I mean, yeah, I think it does. Um, you know, it, it really does. Um, this says discipline charges a price to restore the offender and redeem his or her future. And so um, you know, there are consequences. Uh, so consequences. Um, and so there's some of them are natural and some of them are imposed. Um, and, and the consequence should fit the crime, you know, right? Um, if he threw that book and he intended to knock his buddy out because he was mad at him because, you know, something, then clearly that's very different than tossing a book and it had an unintended consequence and hit somebody, right? Very different. Um, and, he, you know, so you have to kind of, it has to fit the crime. Some of them are natural consequences. They have a fit, you know, throw their toy, it breaks. Well, now you've got a broken toy. You know, there's your consequence. Now, it may not be the only consequence, but at least there's a natural consequence. I, I, I put an example there. Our daughter, when she was younger, she did a lot of icing of cakes. And so we had gone and bought her this, I think it was like $35 for this set of cake icing tools. And we were gone. And she was... Junior high, maybe? Middle school. Probably middle school age. Okay. And uh, we were gone for a while, and we came home, and one of them was broken. We're like, what happened to that? And Caleb said, she threw it at me. <laughs> And she did. She got mad at him, and she dinged that thing at him, and it broke the tip off. And, of course, she needed that tool to do her icing technique that she wanted to do, but guess what? She didn't get that tool. She didn't have it. She also got in she trouble besides that. But She still don't have that tool, actually. <laughs> and we saw the two broken pieces, and every time she gets that icing set out, it's kind of this constant reminder. We get, we get to have that, rehash that discussion. <laughs> now we laugh about it. But. Um, some of them are missed opportunities. At some point, your kids will um, disobey, and uh, there may be a family rule. You know, you have to have your chores done, your homework done, uh, and your room clean if you want to do anything extracurricular, right? Um, this is a little bit older, maybe, but uh, so, um, you know, they may come to you and say, hey, can I go over to Johnny's and play PlayStation? Well, do you have the freedom to do that? We'll talk about that in a second. But if they don't have those things done and that's the expectation, then they've lost that opportunity. They don't get to go. 